It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. I thought we could start with this... Really funny and nice phone call we got this morning. I was just uh, wanting to let you know that um, my daughter and I were listening to you guys, like, all the time. She's five. And uh, the other day, she was in the bathtub, and I could hear her. She's playing with her mermaids, and she named them Beckler and Shauna. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, Shauna was torturing Beckler. But... Oh, that's accurate. But <laughs> she's... That's awesome. What's your daughter's name? Her name's Olivia. Olivia. That's the biggest of honors right there is the mermaids being named after us. I would that's say amazing. So, uh, so I was going to try and, and call you guys. I was, I was driving her to school because she missed the bus again because it takes an hour to put on snow pants. But uh, I will try and call again tomorrow because chances are I'll probably have to drive her to school again tomorrow. So. Just so we can say hi to her? Yeah, we'd <laughs> that love to. That would be awesome, yeah. We'd love to. Awesome. On today's show, we're going to talk about something that Flames head coach Daryl Sutter said recently. You may have already heard this. We're a few days late, but it was really funny. Shauna dug up some conspiracy theories involving the Titanic, which I had never heard before. Yeah. surprised I hadn't heard it before. I know. An animal that we have been disrespecting for too long. Mm -hmm. I think you'll agree after you hear this story. We're going to talk about the goat of basketball movies. Another great news voice. A stressful thing that many people, guys especially, have to go through at some point in their lives. Uh, Terry of the Month nominee. Shauna was recently asked to be a bridesmaid. We'll talk all about what's in, involved in that. Yeah. And I did something pretty dramatic last night, which I will tell you about after our out of context clip of the show. How do you spur on a pigeon? How do you go full speed? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> B and S in 20 minutes or less. I did it last night, Shauna. I cut off all my hair. It's gone. Okay, so you're wearing a baseball cap right now. Yeah, you said wear a hat. Don't show me until yeah until it's time. Yeah, so it's time. You want to see? Yes, I All do. Right. There I am. Holy hell! <laughs> you look so different. I do, don't I? <sighs> it's wild. I had your like, hair gone. If you don't, if you don't know, I had hair like hair down to my Sorry. nipples. Basically, I hadn't had a haircut in like four years or something. Yeah, you and grew it like, out. I'm like bald. You wanted to take oh. one last hurrah with it, right? You wanted to take it on one last twirl, so you grew it out nice and long, which is amazing. And and uh, and now it's gone. Oh I, when I cut it last night, I briefly had a skullet. Cut it into a skullet for a little while. I posted a video of that, and yeah. it was it was too much, man. It was intense. I saw it, and I had nightmares last night. Yeah. So, yeah. Someone on, <laughs> someone on Instagram told me I looked like Robert Picton. And that's not what you want. That's You don't go to a barbershop and say, just give me the Robert Picton. You know the creepy dude from Dennis the Menace? The scary one? Uh, Switchblade Sam. Switchblade yeah. Sam. You looked a little bit like him. I'm not going to lie. I still have had... Again, I, not what you no, want. No, flooding back, <laughs> flooding back visuals of being a child and the nightmares I used to have. I mean, I would have loved to live that skullet life, but it's a bit too intense for me. Oh, man. I don't, um, I don't think I could have sat across from you. Like, even now, it's creeping me out a bit just because I'm so used to you with long hair. Can you imagine switchblade Sam's <laughs> sign me Robert here? Bicton. Oh, God. So, yeah, then I took the rest of it off, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it because my long hair was ratty. Like, it was thin. It was even too ratty to donate. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to. I would have felt bad if I donated it. Yeah. It was getting a little thin by the end there, yeah. for sure. My, mm-hmm. my friend was like, if you made it like a wig for some kid, be, it smells like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it, my, it has nightmares in and of itself. <gasps> my kids won't look at me now. Brigham cried when he saw me without oh, hair. So, okay. but they'll come, totally. they'll come around. Totally, they'll come around. And I was hoping you could say a few words in eulogy 
for uh, the run I had with my long hair there, Shauna. Would you mind? Yeah. We are gathered here today to remember Beckler's hair. That head fur had 33 great years. Alas, it's time to say goodbye. But this hair has been on some adventures, okay? It's seen the insides of many a toque and the warmth of many a shower. It's seen many a night of banging head and, well, that hair's been passed out on more floors than perhaps any of us should admit. It's been short, long, clean, and straight nappy, Beckler. Greasy at times, greasy. just greasy. It's seen skullets and bad bowl cuts and buzz cuts and uh, even a real bad haircut that made you look like a penis head at one point. Yeah, no, that happens. It does, but alas, even though your hair is gone, Beckler, the memories will remain, as will the pictures. So Indeed. Thank you. Do you have a, music, you for that. a musical tribute for your own hair? I do. This is a suggestion of my wife. So. Great. Okay. Can't whip my hair back and forth. Can't whip my hair back and forth. I got no hair to whip back and forth. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was asked to be a bridesmaid yesterday. Bridesmaid, not plural. Just one of them. Which was pretty exciting. I have to be honest, like, there isn't much bigger of an honor than being invited to be a bridesmaid or a groomsman, I don't think. That's pretty cool. Because when you think about it, like it means that you mean enough to that person to be one of their top five, essentially, or top three, mm-hmm. or in some cases, even only top two, depending on, of course, how big the wedding party is. But that takes some effort to be up there for somebody. Yeah, it's. I, mean, I think it's less of an honor if they have like 10, 10 people aside. Yeah. And you're like number nine or 10. Fair. <laughs> yeah. It's like I would, would have been on the chopping block if your wedding party wasn't stupid big. Yeah, it's true. And it sucks if one, yeah, one side has to do it, then the other one... There's just random filler that pops in. Yeah. Which has happened before. I've heard, I've had people who are like, I don't understand why I'm a bridesmaid. We're not even that close. Like, the others, because the groom had too many guys. So they they started reaching out. They're like, well, we hung out a few times. So would you mind being number 10 or. You're barely in the photo. It's like, we had to crop you. Sorry, I didn't have a wide enough lens to get all your bridesmaids. I mean, to be fair, you're just filler anyway. Okay. So we just cut you out of this one. But no, like, if you're one of the top three, on either side I mean that's uh, you mean a lot to that person yeah and I never really thought of it that way before but when you see those people up there it's like that is their top people like the people who have made the biggest impact in their life I think it's different also if you have a massive family right a lot of people will then like brothers and sisters kind of automatically get up there but if it's not that or you don't live in a small town where everybody has the same friend group for the entire life you know you almost have your own wolf pack and everybody rotates and it's like well you're the bridesmaids for you so you have to be obligated to be the bridesmaid it's it's not and you're right. it's tougher to have those like lifelong strong friendships when you've moved away yeah or when you have to move for work like we have right totally how many times have you been a bridesmaid four times four times four okay yeah how many times have you been a groom just once just for my brother and i i may not ever again now yeah. that i think about it because like some of my friends are married so, yeah, I, I probably won't be a groomsman ever again, just the once. Yeah. I was asked once and I declined. Oh, uh, interesting. Because I wasn't really in it, like it was going to cost a bunch and I wasn't really in a position to pay for it. So Fair. I was like, I'm honored, man, but you should grab someone else. Mm-hmm. So. And you're a cheap sassy, let's be Super honest. So cheap. even if you could afford so. it, you're like, this money could be better spent. It is a big expense, though. Yeah, it totally is. That is the one thing about it. They're like, hmm. I mean, very honored to know and, and be asked, on the other hand. Got a few thousand coming down the pipes. That's right. But if it's a best friend of yours, then you're going to go on those trips with them anyway. So. But if you're number nine or ten, 
If you're maybe, filler, then maybe you reconsider. You're not going. BNS in 20 minutes or less. Got a message yesterday from front of the show, Devin, with a possible Terry of the Month nominee. We've already had one so far in November. Holy. Strong start to the month. This is amazing. Uh, Devin said, this was 10 or 11 years ago, but I mean, we're just learning about it now, so I'm going to count this as a November nominee. Yep. He said, when he started this job, he was paired up with a guy as a helper, and I, he said, I was the one who would drive the truck because he lost his license for unpaid tickets. Good start. Good start to this story. This is just great already, yep. He said, this Terry wore rose-colored glasses all the time, I think literally, and was rocking a skull banger under a dirty old ball cap. He's got a skull it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one day while working, he comes up to me and says, don't touch the smokes on the passenger seat. They're drying out. And I said, what do you mean they're drying out? Oh, boy. He said, I dropped them in the toilet and they're <laughs> trying to dry them out. He said, that's disgusting. Just buy new smokes. And Terry said, I spent my last $10 until payday on those smokes. Oh, this is just beautiful all around. <laughs> Devin said, I went up to the truck and sure enough, these nasty darts are all brown oh, and wet. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> he said after some time, Terry did come around and threw the darts out, realized Terry. that was going to be... So he did not smoke those darts, thank well, God. Well, that's good, but But he seriously. was prepared to, by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> they're dry. What do you mean they're drying out? Well, it makes... I mean, the smokes are expensive, man. You got to dry them out. You don't want to waste them. Terry, you smoking toilet smokes again? Terry. Smoking those dirty old brown toilet smokes? Gross. <laughs> Oh, oh I think Toilet Smokes Terry is a good nominee for for Terry of the Month. Darts or darts, yeah. man. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I'm not sure if this qualifies as a dad badge, Beckler, but I think it does. The engagement ring badge. So we're talking about the fact that guys will buy a ring and then have to keep that secret for weeks, sometimes months at a time. And they keep that. I was chatting with a yeah. friend recently and he was like, oh yeah, I kept it secret for four months. And then he went to Mexico to propose, and then he was like, then he was worried about, okay, does he put it in his carry-on, but then have the risk that going through security, they take it out and ruins the surprise? Does he put it in his check bag and then run the risk of it maybe not getting there? What do you do? And I was like, you have to carry all of that stress on you, and I never really thought of that before. Yeah, you got to be a little sneaky the whole time that's going on. And it's just like, it's a weight. I can't imagine just the weight of... That and having that in the back of your mind and then the stress of actually having to do the proposal. And, that, and like, that's the big thing is like, what the hell am I going to say? How yeah. like how awkward is this going to be? Yes. <laughs> or am I going to be? The ring part is the easy part, to be honest with oh you, compared God. to coming up with what to say. That's fair. So And where to do it and all that stuff. And I don't know if it would be a dad badge, but it's definitely... It's kind like of a, a pre-dad badge because normally after marriage, then you have the kids, right? So that's kind of, that's why I was looking at it. But you're right. Yeah. And it is a, like, But it is like a stressful thing that... You know, anyone who proposes to someone will have to go through. Like, I I, I held on to the ring that I bought from McKenna for, it was a few months, and I hid Man. it in the uh, in my bass drum of my drum kit in the port where the microphone goes. Hilarious. Yeah, so I, I was like, she'll never look in here. Also, now I so, want to know where all the guys hang, uh, like, you hide those rings, because yeah. that's a damn good question. You have to hide it well. You don't want her to find it. That's right. Again, just another or addition of stress. <laughs> yeah, or especially lose the, it. the ones oh. that are really valuable. You got this, like, super... Super valuable thing just hidden yeah. somewhere on you. That's totally. Yeah. I know. Another friend was saying that he waited a year. So oh, he, had, he man. was hanging on to this ring for a year before. I was just like. Just eating his body. Honestly, his body. Like, I just picture it just this, this invisible weight that you've just carried around. <laughs> I respect you for it. I respect all of you who've done that and you held on to those rings. And that seems like a lot of stress. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Speaking of dad badges. 
Um, we mentioned our friend Paul, who had that wicked white girl costume at One Weekend Only. Yep. Well, Paul's partner Prism also had a great costume. She had the dad badge costume. She, she had a jacket. With all the badges on it. Like, all kinds of badges for all different dad things on it, which is just amazing. And we've been wanting to get, like, actual little badges made. Yep. Like, ideally, it'd be awesome if they could be embroidered, but I think that's probably difficult. Like, girl guide badges, but for the dad badges. But yeah. for dads. Mm-hmm. And she basically did this, put it all over a joke. So together, they were the white girl sayings and the dad badges. I I really want those two jackets. I told, I honestly told them, I was like, keep the jackets. I want to frame them both in the studio, but... I think they probably threw them out. Were they the couple a few years ago that came as Vancouver Soft? Yep. Okay, so they've done a few costumes based on this show. Yes. Which is so funny. It's unbelievable every time. It's so inside baseball and <laughs> the best. Like, literally the best. <laughs> the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast is brought to you by Shane Holmes. Sorry, I don't have a great segue today. No way to link those two things together. Uh, you know where you can be a good dad? In Shane Holmes. I'm just kidding. That's all right. It's better than what I got. Moving sooner to one of Shane Holmes' quicker possession duplexes. Starting from the 490s, these 1,624 square foot paired homes feature large bedrooms and next level soundproofing. For more info, visit shanehomes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. So my wife was away doing uh, some school in New Zealand. And I bought the ring just before she left. I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait till I go to New Zealand after she's done and propose. And then, so, it was fine. I had it just on the counter for four months. And then I got there, I put it in a matchbox, and then I stuffed in that little tiny pocket in your jeans. Mm -hmm. And I carried that thing, waiting for the right moment to propose in New Zealand. And I was up and down, went north, south, east, west. I'm like, oh, wow, wait till we go to Fiji, because we're going to Fiji after. And same thing, carrying it with you the whole time, looking for, waiting for the right moment to propose. It is stress that they will not have understand yeah and especially like you said you know i got robbed when i was in fiji so you're also in a country where if anyone knew you were carrying that ring exactly you'd be a target oh my god yeah you're carrying something so easy they could just swipe off you and walk away and i would so lose it like i just it would be gone i don't know how you managed to carry yeah through all your travels you never stopped thinking about it (laughs) we go to the beaches and you're like ah i'm in swim trunks Damn it, I'm going to have to, like, pin this and strap it to my trunk so I don't lose it. And oh. just in case I found the right moment. But it was, I finally found it on this other beach. But then I had to ask a couple to get off the beach so I can have a nice moment at the sunset with the wife. Yeah, like, at least if you have it at your house, you know, or you can store it somewhere safe. But when you're traveling like that, oh, man, having to get, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's oh. not fun. Um, you should do it day of. You know, buy the ring and then call. Hey, I, I just picked something up for you. I'll be home right away. <laughs> that, is, that is the least stressful. That's the way to go. Someone said that they bought a cheaper second ring from Pandora for like 50 bucks that loosely looked like the real one. And I was like, well, that's a smart way of doing it. Because then, yeah. I, yeah. The, place, the place I bought the ring from, they offered. They're like, do you want like a fake one to bring with you just in case? But then, I don't know, I'm really sentimental. I'm like, no, it's got to be the real one. That's it's fair. It's like kind of like what they do with the Stanley Cup, right? It's kind of like a decoy <laughs> Stanley Cup. Yeah. If it's going to be yeah, a high-risk plate. You should have just brought a ring pop. Here you go. You got a ring back home, but this is the only thing I entrusted myself with while traveling. So If, if I brought a ring pop, I'd be going home by myself. BMS <laughs> in 20 minutes or less. I've got another news voice for you, Beckler. I'm always down to hear a news voice. Okay, this one I heard. Uh, I, I haven't heard it before. But it's good. It's very deep, and it's got the down at the end. I'll just here. 
you just have a listen. The South Koreans saying it was a resolute response to a record number of missiles launched from North Korea into its territorial waters. Right? That guy's intense. I, the best is this part here. Launch. Like, was a resolute response to a record number of missiles launched from... Launch. Resolute response. response to a record number of missiles launched. Right? It's amazing. Yang firing at least 23 ballistic and surface-to-air missiles Wednesday. Oh, wow. He's That's got, pretty intense, man. It's amazing. Like, you can't even <laughs> imitate. It's just like it's like a, a frog at the end of his sentences. He likes to punctuate his sentences with a frog and that just comes There's out of his mouth. There's no way that's your real voice. Oh, my God. There's no like, way. Can you imagine being out in these <laughs> like this? The White House is insisting. It's White great House. to meet you. Can I get you a beer? Oh, my God. The White House is insisting the U.S. has no hostile intent. Oh, my God. I love it. That almost sounds like one of, some of the... Um, I would like a beer. The local news news affiliates yeah like where the news is like i don't know how to describe it but it's you know all their bumpers and stuff and their colors are super intense mm-hmm. and it's just like this yeah. is news this is he's got to be from somewhere like his yeah. news island is the most intense one it's wow. like a jail or something i don't know they... killer be killed on that news Holy island day. Crap. i escaped from news island I have a fog. it was a resolute response oh and now i talk like this a fog is in my throat <laughs> bns in 20 minutes or less i mentioned the other day that it's just such a great time of year for sports it sure is. Because you've got uh, the World Series on right now. You've got the CFL playoffs starting. The NFL is underway. Hockey's on. Uh, the NBA is going. Yeah. It's just great. you got everything all, all at once. All of it. Uh, we recently talked about the GOAT of football movies on the show. Mm-hmm. We also did the GOAT of baseball movies. Yeah. What's the GOAT of basketball movies, Shauna? Oh, damn. I don't know if there are as many as in those other categories. I don't think so. Uh, but there are still some... Really great basketball movies. It's weird because all the ones I can recall are like kind of kids' movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like le- we, fewer serious movies like there are in baseball and yeah, football? Yeah, like Air Bud, okay? <laughs> and Space Jam are the first two that come to mind. I'm going to say... Uh, Space Jam's iconic. Space Jam for people our age is going to be up there on the it's list, huge, I think. for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Semi-Pro. <laughs> Again, yeah. It's one Semi-Pro of is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, the only series. Juana Man, isn't it? Juana Man is the goat of basketball movies. Did you ever see Juana Man? I did not. No, okay. No. It's a guy who goes and plays in the WNBA, um, disguised as a woman. Probably wouldn't fly today. Nope. In hindsight. Probably not. Also, was not the goat of basketball movies. No, <laughs> I, wasn't being I mean there serious. was. I guess he got game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was more serious. Yeah. Like Mike. Like Mike. That was with Bow Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was another big one when we were growing up, for sure. Um, I would put Hoosiers pretty high on my list. I don't know if you ever saw Hoosiers. I didn't see Hoosiers, so I Cliff can't... W- Cliff would know Hoosiers, and I bet Cliff would love Hoosiers. I just got a text from a friend saying Hoosiers is Hoosiers. Joke for sure. Yeah. And if Cliff's listening, he's agreeing with me, I bet. Okay. Um, that's fair. Did you ever see Coach Carter? Yes. With Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, that was oh, a great movie. Oh, that's a great movie. It was movie. a great movie. Uh, also, there's one that the Love and Basketball I watched... Is that, a, is that a chick flick? It's a chick flick. Okay. And I would put it right up there. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the more serious ones, but it's a great chick flick. It's one of the better chick flicks. So if you want to toss that in the mix. Which was the one with Leo? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's been so long since I've watched these that I don't know. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Yeah. That's um, the problem with these movies is that like I have these tiny little memories of watching them, but not enough to probably even give you an educated guess. White Men Can't Jump? Oh, I don't know if I ever saw that one. <laughs> I haven't seen it either, but I know that 
If you're from Gen X, you're probably thinking White Men Can't Jump is on the list. Uh, I know Cliff was a big fan of Teen Wolf. <laughs> I never saw Teen Wolf. It's a, <laughs> is, is that a basketball it's a, it's movie? It's a basketball movie. Okay, as I say this, I have to double check. But I think it is because I remember him. There's that new Adam Sandler movie, Hustle. Which, uh, again, is like a more serious Adam Sandler movie about basketball. Mm. And okay. I, I think that would be on my top five. It was really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go like Hoosiers, then Coach Carter, then Hustle. Not Juana, man. Are you sure not? <laughs> not Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf. <laughs> go, go watch that one. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I don't think we give pigeons enough credit. No? No. I was thinking about this recently, and everybody looks down upon the pigeon, you know, as this annoying scavenger of a species and the poops all over the place, and people aren't overly big fans of pigeons. They're crafty, though. Yeah. And they're survivors. Mm-hmm. And they also aren't the least bit frightened of us. No. Which is something to be said. Most birds spook pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, and that's also part of why we don't like them, I think, because you're like, get lost! And they're like, wait, I don't care what you say. But then I was reading about uh, the homing pigeons from the war, and how important they were. Like one in particular, I was reading about this pigeon called Cherami. That was his name, which means friend. Cherami uh, delivered a message for the U.S. Army during the war. And the note was written on onion paper. And it was in a canister that was attached to this pigeon's leg. And it said, our own artillery, our, our artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sake, stop it. So this pigeon flew and delivered this message successfully. And as he tried to fly back home, the Germans the Germans saw him, and they basically opened fire on this pigeon, trying to kill it, knowing it was a, a homing pigeon. A messenger pigeon. He was shot through the breast, blinded in one eye, and his right leg was hanging on by a tendon when he arrived back home. But he survived the whole thing, and he saved 194 soldiers in doing it. Whoa! So, Man. Just because he delivered that note that successfully... Is- and then still managed to fly home after a barrage of bullets was... He's just mangled. He yep. still gets home. That still gets home. That pigeon is badass. Mm-hmm. I know. And he was awarded the Medal of Bravery for this as well because, again, he survived or, you know, he helped a whole bunch of soldiers survive. How does it know... How does it feel to know that this pigeon is more heroic than you will likely ever be? Well, this, this is, pigeon. This is why I think we, we need to give them more respect. You know, next yeah. time I look at a pigeon, rather than being like, you annoying pest, get out of here, I'm going to be like, you know, I respect your kind. You're of the same kind as Cherami, the greatest pigeon who ever lived. Medal of Bravery. And there's tons of stories about these pigeons who've uh, won these bravery medals because of things that they've done during the war and how many lives they saved. Yeah, when we talk about war animals, we think of horses mm-hmm. and dogs and stuff. You don't think of pigeons. But no. Again, because you look at the pigeon and you're like, oh, you're annoying. But no, you're not. No, you are noble. You've been helpful. The noble pigeon. The noble pigeon. BNS in 20 minutes or less. I was standing in the kitchen yesterday in my gitch, and my oldest son, Bo, asked why my butt was so big. Interesting. Um, firstly, I mm-hmm. will take the compliment, Bo. Thank you, because I've been working on it. Been working on the butt. Interesting. You and I have talked before about how, this is really weird, but within our lifetimes, Telling someone they had a big butt went from being a grievous insult Mm -hmm. to the highest form of praise. Yeah, it's true. Especially for women. Yeah, totally. Men, not so much. 20 years ago, you told a woman she had a big butt, and it'd be horrible. It's weird that you're working on your steak ass, but... Yeah, of course, you want to. Yeah. some power back there, I suppose so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Secondly, I think I've raised Bo better than that. What's a butt? Yeah, it's true. I don't know what a butt is? To do shocking, really. A pooper, a toilet plugger, a chair slapper, a cork seamer, a pin cushion, a thunderbin, a bum nostril, a bulldozer, turbo diesel, a pepper grinder, an uncle cracker, a poo cauldron, a Welsh rarebit, a tub thumper, a pucker panther, <laughs> a poo cauldron, a poo cauldron. <laughs> Stirs uh, up Ooh, and then boops. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Good. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, your platform for outlandish conspiracy theories. Beckler along with Shauna. Hello. I got reading about some of the Titanic conspiracies. Did you ever hear of these? No, I haven't, but it doesn't surprise me that there would be conspiracies around that. Totally not. And I guess there's a lot of them, actually. And again, it makes perfect sense because there's so much money involved and so many powerful people and everything. So the most elaborate theory is that the Titanic itself never actually sank. It was the sister ship, the Olympic, that sunk instead. The theory goes they swapped out the Titanic for the Olympic as an insurance scam for the International Mercantile Marine Group, which is who owned these ships at the time. So I guess the Olympic, there was three big ships that were uh, made. Part of the same class, yeah. Yeah, and they were gigantic, and they were all known to be enormous. So the Olympic was the first one to sail, and I guess after only a handful of voyages, it already ran into a lot of problems, but it wasn't covered by insurance. Because whatever the problems were, like they couldn't get insurance money from it. So okay. anything that had to be repaired was going to have to be out of the pockets of people who built it. And they were like, well, this sucks. So they're saying they sank the Olympic, said it was the Titanic? So they wanted to swap out, yeah, the Titanic and, and disguise the Olympic as the Titanic. So that then when things went wrong, in another way, in a more legitimate way, they would get the insurance money. Okay. So th- did the Olympic continue to sail after the Titanic had sunk? It did, I think, yes, but then they were, I don't know how the, the complications involved Because I would say, then, where's the Olympic, right? Where's the Titanic? Yes, well, that's why, <laughs> why uh, the, the conspiracy theory is a bit crazy, but they seem to think that this happened, and somehow they were disguising each of the ships, and then one did sink, huh. then the other one was hanging out, and so that's one of the conspiracy theories. Okay. The other one, uh, even more so crazy, is that J.P. Morgan, who is the high-profile banker. He's one of the wealthiest people ever, I think, right? Yeah, totally. So he purposely sank the Titanic to get rid of some of his high-profile competition. That were on board? Mm Mm-hmm. Because they had some of the most powerful businessmen in the world because it was the first voyage of one of the most luxurious ships. And I guess three of his main competitors who didn't want the U.S. bank to become a thing were on the Titanic. And so he eliminated his competition, and then he became the most powerful man. And That one is dark. Became the Napoleon of Wall Street. And so the conspiracy is that he took these guys out. Invited them on the Titanic, said see you later, and then purposely sunk it to get rid of These are spicy conspiracies. They're crazy. Can't believe I've never heard either of them before, Holy. especially with just how profile, high profile the Titanic story is. Yeah. Yeah, and those are only two of the main ones. There are tons. There was a book written about the idea that the Olympic and Titanic were swapped as well, talking mm-hmm. about how it never sank. And so you could go deep, deep into that one, but it's crazy. Having read about these, Shauna, on the plausibility scale, yep. how many Tower 7s out of 10... Do you give this? What? The tough part is when it comes to the most powerful people in the world, I feel like anything's possible. So Mm. I'm going to give it a mid-range rating. I'm going to go with about 14. 14 Tower Tower 7s out of 10? Out of 10. Wow. Spicy. Those are heavy. I know. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I'm a few days late on this. I'm guessing hockey fans will have heard it, but it's really funny, and I'm assuming many people have not heard it yet. Yeah. Uh, But on this past weekend, Saturday night, during the the game against the Oilers, 
Uh, Jonathan Huberto went to the, the the to the locker room from the bench, and people were wondering like what was going on. Was was he okay? Was he injured? And yep. uh, head coach Daryl Sutter was asked about it in the press conference afterward, and he said Huberto left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think he had to go take a shit. God I don't know if you him. caught that right there, but he said I think he had to go take a shit. Mm-hmm. I think he had to go take a a, a wicked no in there. So yep. he had to drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> You was probably like, come on, man. Oh, like, my God. You have That's to so throw funny. me under the bus like that. That is such a, just <laughs> such a classic thing for him to say, though. I, this is what, I love him. Like, just, no holds barred. He's going to say exactly what what's thinks. happening, I love it. man. Like, and you know what? Uh, you and I have played the same game before. Like, we have accused each other of being stuck in the bathroom. Yep. If, one of us misses weather or traffic or news or something. You have to go punch go, a grumpy yeah. and come back and continue on. Yeah, <laughs> trying to stress in the plumbing. She can't make it back totally, here. Totally. Yeah. Yep. She's got sick bum. You tried to get a pray for Beckler hashtag going one time. I did. Yeah. When I was in the bathroom. Yes, I did. My phone's buzzing. I'm like, what? It was. It had been a while, and I was growing very concerned. So I asked everybody to pray for you. Okay. Hey, you, Daryl Sutter, is no secrets here. E and S in 20 minutes or less. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? Mine's pretty quick. I'll go first if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so you may have heard before that cigarette butts are like the most littered item in the world. And I don't know if it's still that way or not because fewer people smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just like cigarette butts. You go out in the street right now, you'll find cigarette butts, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so since vaping has replaced cigarettes for a lot of people, I saw someone make a comment the other day online and they said, now you see like vape pods and like disposable vapes littering the sides of the street. Interesting. And they contain a small amount of lithium, which would be good for many, many charges in a lithium battery. And instead, they're like used once and chucked out. Oh. So, I mean, the litter problem has shifted from cigarette butts everywhere to now these vape cartridges everywhere. But the vape cartridges have something that could be used a lot longer in them than cigarette butt. So eventually we're probably going to see a vape recyclable thing with the garbage cans. I wonder. I wonder. Because yeah, some places will have like a place to, to butt out your cigarettes, right? Yeah. Well, like, then, you know how like they have, there's like needle disposals yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I, I mean, I could see this becoming the next thing. Drop then your vape or vape cartridge in here so it can extract the lithium and yeah. make a new battery. Recycle yeah. Recycle it. And, yeah. Otherwise it just sits there and then this like totally. resource that's limited on earth that we do need. Yeah. I bet you that's already in motion if you were to look it up. Yeah, I'm probably way behind on this. But what did you learn about, Shauna? I learned about a pigeon. We're doing pigeon features because I don't think they get enough respect. And I've learned about some very heroic pigeons recently. (laughs) Um, So this one's called G.I. Joe. And he was a pigeon that was... heard of this guy. Yes. So he was known for a service in the U.S. uh, Army Pigeon Service, which also just even saying that out loud is hilarious. He was an Army Pigeon. Who did you serve with? The Army Pigeon Service. Pigeon Division. Holy crap. (laughs) Anyway, he was... Used during World War One and World War Two. So during the Italian campaign of World War Two, G.I. Joe saved the lives of the village of Calvivecchia, Italy, and the British troops that were camped out there. And the reason, so air support had been requested against German positions in that village, but the London infantry attacked and won back the village from the Germans ahead of schedule. So the thing is, they were unable to transmit a message to call off the American air raid. So the air raid was about to go forward. And they were sitting there. And they were sitting there. And so G.I. Joe was dispatched kind of as a last resort when they couldn't get a hold and carried this message saying, like, no, 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 stop, call off this raid, and arrived just in time to avoid them bombing their own men. So I guess G.I. Joe flew 20 miles in 20 minutes 
and just got there as the planes were about to take off and bomb and saved over 100 men. So I wonder if yeah, Joe, Joe was, was aware of the haste that he needed to make. Like, I'm sure so like, he wasn't. I don't think... <laughs> Like, oh, have it, can you light a fire under literally under his ass? How do you like? How do you spur on a pigeon? How do you go full speed? You- yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the BNS in twenty minutes or less podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes, paired homes that keep your neighbors' noise on their side. Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X 92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.